podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan End of Year Podcast. Hey. Yay. 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 We, got, we, got live, we got a live studio audience in. Uh, it's, it's Pod 240. Is it? Oh. Yeah. No one cares. Uh, sponsored <laughs> by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to Vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And JCIS, <laughs> the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. That's lucky. Oh, the man himself. That was very nice. That was the man himself, John Curran. Yeah. It's great to be here. I'd like to be yeah. kind of rolled out here on this New Year's Eve. Top man. Uh, we have got a lot of people on this pod, so let's just go around the table and introduce them. Kevin Day. Hello. We've got Adam Sells making his debut on the full pod. Hello. How are you? Not bad. Good man. Ed Knight. Hi. And uh, also making his debut on the full pod is JD Senior. Good evening. Hey. How are you all doing? JD Senior. Is that, has he not got a first name? John Daly. Oh, senior. Senior. <laughs> um, right, okay, so this is a special end of year slash post-match pod, and here's what's going to happen. We're going to throw it from here, the studio, a.k.a. Kevin's living room, um, over to an instant pod I've already recorded after the game Ooh. with James Endicott and competition winner Mark KitKat, who no donated to the... Kit-Kat. Yeah, apparently it's his real What's name. What's his real name? It can't be. No one's know. called Kit Kat. I think it is Kit Kat. It's not Kit Kat. And hopefully Adam won't tell the Kit Kat Joe that you told in the car. <laughs> 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 um, I'm not sure that's appropriate <laughs> for a family audience. <laughs> um, we're going to do that. Then we're going to hear from Roy. And then we're going to come back here. What, my mate Roy? Who's here? Yeah. Uh, well, we, I mean, we can do if we want. We'll oh, see how right. the pod goes. Maybe, maybe Roy will. Roy Hodgson, <laughs> oh, the Palace manager, yeah, yeah. talking after today's game. Then we're going to come back. We're going to answer some questions from our listeners. Wow. And we're going to wrap up with our thoughts on 2017. Which Doesn't chats, sound like I'm needed here. Doesn't really, do no, you want to take a... Cheers, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be asking you for your favourite moments of 2017 as well. Okay. Palace-related. Or not. Oh, right. I, think or we, not. I think we probably assume that. Okay. Because right. <laughs> if, if it's not, we could be here for a while. <laughs> Hey, it's our podcast. We can do it, everyone. Um, so, seeing as Palace have just drawn with Man City, let's throw it over to uh, me and uh, James Endicott and Mark Kitkat for this week's extra podcast. Thanks, 
Thanks, Jim. Yes, it's the FYP Extra Pod here at Sellers where Palace have drawn 0-0 with Man City. We're podding instantly after the game. And this pod, of course, is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photography of weddings and more, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. And to look over the Man City game, where we literally minutes ago, Palace missed a penalty, which would have ended City's unbeaten run. We've got James Endicott. Hello. How are you? <laughs> a little bit hoarse, and my heart is still beating like, uh, like I've had a good night out. Poetic, good. And making his debut on the pod, it's competition winner all the way from Madrid. It's Mark Kitkat. Mark, yes. how are you doing? I'm extremely excited, Jim. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the pod. Yeah, well, I had to get an early flight this morning to make, to make the pod. <laughs> I think just, that's the just, most Just going from Madrid. Anyone's ever shown. And also, thanks for your donation as well. Oh, yes. Much, well, um, yeah, I couldn't believe Ginger walked that far, actually. <laughs> Neither could I. He must have, there must have been a pint at the end of it. <laughs> There's several. Have you seen that the date has been announced for the next year's walk? Yes, yes. How, how are you feeling about that? Uh, I'm already in training. You've <laughs> <laughs> been walking a lot. <laughs> uh, right, OK, so let's talk about uh, Palace Man City, um, which, on reflection, Mark, great result. Neil, yeah. first time City haven't uh, scored this season, I believe, so first in time the, someone's stopped Premier them League, in yeah. the Premier League. Great result, which we'd have taken, but, of course, in classic Palace way... <laughs> we, don't we, say we, it. Don't, don't say typical Palace. Yeah. You know that penalty at the end, but really, it's a positive Palace. You have to you have to try avoid saying typical Palace when that kind of thing happens because because you knew it. I knew it when he took the penalty yesterday. He's not going to score this one. Really? This is going to be the one but he misses. Luca, he never misses. I know, but he's got missed one day, <laughs> and he did. And Andros has missed as well. That was that was bad, you know. Andros was worse. Yeah. Andros was like I mean, uh, Andros was like he, he was like three yards from the goal. Yeah. But, I mean, this is Palace pushing the best team, you know, a team that's going to go down in history as one of the best teams in the Premier League, pushing them all the way to the end, end yeah. creating chances, that, yeah. and arguably, you could say, could have won that game. I mean, that is massive no, progress We, we should us. have won that game. We should have won the game. We should have won the game. I mean, it was... They, they had a patch in the second half, City, when they were all over us, at the start of the second half, about 15, 20 minutes, because Johan was... Uh, he, he was tired out. Yeah. And the boys looked tired for quite a while yeah, there. Yeah, they did, yeah. Because yeah. that Arsenal game was only the other day, wasn't yeah, it, you exactly. know? And they uh, they worked really hard in the second half. Of that. I was th- I was here for that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but 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 then we came back into the game and we sh- we should have won. Yeah. Well, because we know Enders, there's so much quality in this Palace team. Yeah. This is the kind of performance we know is in there. Well, it was it was it was fight and it was desire. It was all the things that you want from your football team, and they had everything. I thought I thought the defence were incredible today. I thought they just blocked everything. Headers. It looked scrappy in bits, and it maybe appeared scrappy to you guys on TV or even in the ground. But it didn't matter. You 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 actually felt quite confident. Yeah. You felt, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I don't think City were at their best today. But saying that, they've got some incredible players out there. I think we we shut De Bruyne up. Yeah. Well, especially <laughs> especially at the end, which, yeah, which was which is which is yeah, which was pretty awful, Jason. He shouldn't. Yeah, and I do do not condone violence on the football pitch. He, had to he, he, had he to took one for the team, didn't he? He had to take him out. He had to take him for the team. It's yeah. a point where he injured himself as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a captain's kind of challenge. It's not but, a good one. But, but, I, but I, I think the the, the main thing for me, I can't, I can't really see. But I, can't, I see nothing to object to. Him, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think I think after after the result against Arsenal the other day, you know, when we all walked away having lost, feeling very positive, we're walking away feeling really positive today, yeah. having drawn. But also there's that. Dad going off that early as well. Yeah, I thought that was tough. That was tough. he's really got our defence sorted out. You know, Hodge, Hodgson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, in 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 days gone by, you'd have seen Kelly coming on against Man City yeah. and thought, oh, hang on a minute. But he mm. was, uh, it was excellent. As was Tompkins. As was PVA who came in. As Fossi was Fossi Mensah. Fossi Mensah was great. They were, today. They were brilliant, Absolutely. weren't they? Well, you know, it was it was. It, 
those changes were made because there's a few injuries and I think they just came and thought we are playing the best team potentially in Europe and here we are we have got a chance to prove ourselves those players that came in did prove themselves and I think the team prove themselves even I mean when they got that free kick towards the end and it was Yaya Toure who always seems to score against us I, well. yeah. I was I think here we go we'll lose one nil exactly yeah that break for the penalty was like Temping bowling, there were players falling down every other thing. You didn't know what was going on. It was just madness. <laughs> the whole City thing was madness. When City break, they are. I mean, they're incredible. They're incredible. They're, they're, the they're, so, from back yeah, to they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. And you know, they are a very exciting team, a very exciting team to watch. But you know what? We actually we, we went out. They are a better team than us, and we came away with a point. They they dropped two points. Yeah, but, but why do Palace, Palace always seem to raise their game, don't they? Against well, maybe not always, but we have a history. We come well, the big yeah. teams come down, we raise our game against. Well, them. you know, I think I think we've we've. We've been playing better the last few weeks, as we know, JD. You know, and I think even though we lost in the night, we, I think I, I thought we played well against Arsenal. And, you know, and I think we can only walk away from today with our with our head held high and our and our heart beating and our red and blue blood th- th- going through our veins, and we head into 2018. The crowd was not enormous in, today. As the well, crowd were massive, yeah. Massive you know crowd. that thing about being a Palace fan. You, there's a part of you thinks I can I can help them win. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, absolutely. And, and, and you felt it today. Like the whole stadium was thinking. We can make the difference. We yeah. can we can make this game. As soon as the fans see the players giving something on the pitch, they give it back in space, don't they? Well, they were giving a bit of jip to Benteke around where I was, actually. Well, how do you guys feel about that? Because there's this whole he doesn't track, he doesn't chase down defenders kind of mm. thing. Do you get annoyed by that, or do you not expect it from a player like I think that? There's, I mean, I thought in the first half against Arsenal, he'd obviously been told to hold back. And in the second half, they t- and today, he, I thought, you know, he's pressing right from the start. At the beginning of the second half, he stopped pressing. I don't, you know, I don't know. Does it annoy you that it doesn't? Well, it annoys, it annoys me more the bloke behind me <laughs> shouting at him every time, you know. <laughs> it wasn't Endicott, was it? No, it was, no. certainly wasn't. And I'm, I'm not his biggest fan by any means, you know, but I, like the amount of chip he was getting was, was, was unnecessary. It's a, it's a hard task. And when we play against three at the back, like we did against Arsenal, he's playing against three guys, you know. It's difficult. Listen, let's have a quick word for Jairo Riederwald because we haven't seen much of him since he came in. A Frank signing, and then Frank yeah. disappeared. Yeah, Fra- who's, who's Frank, by the way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> played in midfield. Played in midfield. A very tough game to come in and ask to play when you haven't course, played that much, yeah. and he was absolutely he was unbelievable. Well, he just he he he, he was the epitome of what the whole team were today. Just playing, they really. You know, in classic footballing terms, they pulled their socks up and they got on with the job in hand. They were obviously told by Roy to play so well, and they did it, and they stuck to it, and they didn't flap. And you know, and the thing with City, they they pull you wide, they pull you wide the whole time. They they often go through the middle, but we just kept our shape, and I think that shape comes from the back and it goes through the midfield as well. And that was a bit of a makeshift midfield for us today. And, yeah. and I, you know, and I thought they did an amazing job. And do you think, Mark? Do you think that it was a different shape today because it was four-three-three rather than a four-four-two that he's been going with for Wilf up front? Do you think this four-three-three actually suits Palace a bit better, or does uh, it depend on the game? Well, I, I never thought Roy was ever going to change his formation, so <laughs> so I was, I, was, I was overjoyed to see it because I was thinking I woke up really early this morning for some reason, like <laughs> six o'clock, and I was thinking what in uh, he, Madrid. Was he, was he re- <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, I was in Madrid. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Go on, give it up. Not Kennington at all, <laughs> and. Uh, and I thought, is he, is he really going to try and play the same formation again? Because I knew it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he obviously saw, he saw it the same way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I, expect Gyro to come straight into the team, though. How does it feel, make you feel about the squad depth? Because we talk about this squad, good first team. It's really depth, deep. Depth isn't that it's good. really deep, our Thank squad. Goodness. But actually, these guys come in today. I think it's better than people make out, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, he hasn't he hadn't used punch until today, had he? And we've got quite a lot of midfielders. The defence, you know, we've got, like, Ward's out. Yeah. Sacco's out. Yeah. Scott went off, yeah. and like you know, 
and it was there. Yeah. And and the change the goalkeeper. I'm not the hen's biggest fan either, but he was he was quite right. You may, I mean, I wouldn't had, have changed the keeper personally. I think you keep you keep you, the same keeper as long as possible, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but, but it was a, a good really save, good second half, no, wasn't it? It's an amazing game. save. He had a very good game. He had a great game. He did have a good game. And yeah. he used his height. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's very tall, isn't he? Big lad, yeah. Yeah, he's very big. Yeah, very big, big hen. Uh, the problem with Palace, though, is this is great, but we know we have to go down to Southampton on Tuesday, and actually we have to put in that kind of performance there. Those are the games against a team like that is struggling. Well, yeah. as, as we always say, without being boring and repeating myself, it's all about confidence, JD, you yeah, know, and there's, the, our dressing room will be very, very confident after the game. Yeah, they'll be a bit deflated that we could have got the three points. Yeah, but there's an important point, you know. We've, we've, now, saying, yeah. we've now got like 16 players yeah. who, we, who we know we can depend on yeah. instead of 11. Yeah, that's true. And I guess, you know, we, we, we round off the year of the good performance. You know, it's a good end to 2017. We go into a transfer window, which can be a big one for us, in confident mood as well. So yeah. actually, you know, that, that Arsenal game, yes, it ended our run. But really, we haven't let that affect us. You know, it's almost no. like this run's still going. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's obviously got... The, the, the dressing room's confident. You can see the players know what they're doing, especially in the, def- the defence. They, they know what they're doing and they're confident and they know it's going to work if they keep plugging away. Um, the final talking point today before we throw it back to the boys in the studio, yeah, a.k.a. Yeah. Kevin's living room, and, is, um, and me, um, is Wilf at the end winning that penalty. Now, we know his reputation for diving, which we all know is a false one because it, yes. it, it, it's a false narrative. But there is people, a lot of people looking at that saying it was a dive. What was, obviously, we've only seen it in real time. It, it happened right in front of me and it looked like um, it looked like there was definite contact and it looked like he was not pushed, but it was definite contact. But he's Wilf's a forward. He's going to be, he's, he's, the way he plays, he always leans into the player and yes he did go down he maybe went down a bit easy but I've seen penalties given for less Wilf unfortunately does have a reputation I think he was I think he was hard done by on a lot of decisions today which he should have had and didn't get he was getting nothing, it was, all, you day. Know, he was getting nothing all day you know and yet he, I, was it a penalty wasn't it a penalty you could argue the toss you know but we got given it and there'll be times we're not again, but it looked blatant to me it, it, it looked blatant it looked blatant in real time Mark it really did but I've watched the replay um, in the bar and um yeah, maybe it wasn't as obvious as I initially thought. Well, to but so, so what? I'm having it anyway. You've got to say tough titty. <laughs> I, am, I am having a penalty miss. I'm having that penalty miss. Me you know too. What to me, though, he, there was a lot in the second half where he went a shoulder to shoulder with Walker, and I thought Walker had a better second half. Walker had a poor first half, better second half. And there was loads of those kind of shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip kind of challenges that Wolf didn't get. It looked exactly like that, which is why I thought it was weird that he got it. If he wasn't get those previous mm. ones, why did he get that one? There was a couple of end? times he put his arm up as well, Walker. You know, and he yeah. and he pushed and he pushed Wolf over, and Benteke took one of those as well. well they were similar sort of challenges, weren't but they? He's, he's, it's Guardiola teams are like that. Barca were always like that. They get all the decisions. They'd be hassling for yellow cars all the time. Did you see them getting in Lucas' face when they got the penalty? Yeah. When we got the oh, penalty, yeah, that was out of order. That was real Barca. That was yeah. classic Guardiola. Classic Guard. Okay, well, Classic you know, glad. frustrating, but here we are. But ultimately okay. enjoyable in a weird way. Oh, I loved it. It was, it was a corking game. It was a cracking game so, for the neutral. So much singing, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, so yeah, much so noise. Enjoy being back for it. Oh, yeah. It's the fourth game I've seen this season. It's not bad, not bad going What's for What's your me. record? We, Huddersfield was the first one. Everton, Arsenal and Man City. The only way is up then, mate. Yeah, so we've got two points from those guys. That's not bad. Well, listen, Mark, thanks for joining us on the Extra Pod. Thank you for having me. Top man, safe journey back to Madrid. Yes, I've got to catch that plane now, actually. Enders as ever. Thank you, JD. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners. Happy New Year and to all podsters. Fantastic stuff. Pod on. Pod on. Let's move on with this special end of year pod and let's hear what Roy thought of that game uh, here at Sellers.
Yeah, it's first Friday, of course. Uh, good save. Uh, but I think that at a moment like this, it's better to concentrate on the performance and how well we played and to really give the players an enormous pat on the back for the level of their performance, the way they conducted themselves throughout. And if one's to be brutally honest, you know, with five or six minutes to go, I was thinking more in terms of making certain we didn't lose our point than actually going on to win it. It was an opportunity that came as a great bonus with the penalty being awarded, but as in the Bournemouth game in a very similar situation, Wilf had done brilliantly once again to provoke it, but unfortunately we, we didn't take advantage. So maybe come the end of the season we'll look back and we'll start saying it was an enormous disappointment or enormous frustration to miss those two penalties, but after both games I've got to say I've been more inclined to say, you know, well done boys, that was a, a very good point, both against Bournemouth and today. There were a couple of big talking points at the end, the penalty awards and the Zaha going down and also the punch and tackle on De Bruyne, what did you make of <laughs> Nothing at the moment, I mean really, I'm here to talk about the, the 95 minutes of football I watched, I'm not here to talk about incidents which you've probably seen 15, 16 times in slow motion, I saw both incidences. Uh, incidents during the course of the game. I've got to be brutally honest with you. I was following the ball uh, when the ball ricocheted from the punch and De Bruyne challenge, so I didn't even pay it any heed. Um, so for me, it's all about being here today, hopefully to talk about the 95 minutes and not against the two or three. I would have thought there was enough football to talk about without the way about the two incidents. Roy, what did you think of the defensive performance of your team? I mean coming up against a team that was renowned for blowing everybody else out of the water, the likes of Posse Mensah had Gabe Sonnen, Sonnen had a really quiet game, um, Martin Kelly coming on to, to replace him. What did you think of their performances? Well, obviously I'm very pleased with it. I'm very proud of the performance. I thought it was, a, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent in terms of their, of their tactical discipline. I thought it was certainly excellent in terms of their of their commitment and their focus and their determination, their concentration, because you only need to fall asleep for a brief moment against teams of this quality and they punish you with the level of player they have. So it's an obvious answer, but the answer is I'm really, really pleased with them and I think they had to work unbelievably hard to, to get it. But that's going to be the case for any team that plays against Man City between now and the end of the season. If you, if you don't work that hard and have that tactical and defensive discipline, you're likely to concede goals. And uh, I, was, I thought before the game that our best chance of getting a result would be to score some goals, because I know how good they are <coughs> offensively. But luckily we, we kept, them, kept them at bay and could even have won the game without penalty, as we've just said. As pleased as you must be, Roy, with the defence, who've now got three key defenders out injured. Yeah. So, are you a bit stretched at the back now with this game coming up? Massively, massively, yes. not just not just at the moment, but going forward. Because Sacco has been out now for a month, I believe, is it? And he's likely to be out for a few more weeks to come with a quite serious injury. Joel Ward is, is, is still recovering and there's no sign of him recovering in the next few days, that's for sure. And then we've lost Scott Dan, we've lost Jason Punchin, so... I'm afraid that we've we've stretched our resources to the 
absolute limit and that's why today I think it was so nice to see three players who've not had many chances. Jairo Riedewald, who during my time has hardly had a chance at all. Um, Patrick Van Arnholt and Tim Fossumens, who've had very few chances, if any, recently, to come in and, and do as well as they did. Uh, we will recover one or two players who are unable to play today before the Southampton game. But really, after an effort like this, you'd, you'd be happy if you could make the number of substitutions that Man City feel they can always make. When you look at the quality of the players not playing, you know we're going to be a bit limited there, as you saw from the bench that we had today. Well, yeah, Portland's probably your biggest attacking threat today, but um, Carl Walker seemed to contain him at certain parts. What did you make of his performance, and was it part of the plan to switch him over to the other side halfway through the game? Yeah, because, of course, Carl's very fast, um, as is Wilf, so there was a, an element of them neutralising each other, so... We thought that after a while it would be uh, towards the, certainly towards the end of the game, especially with with Sterling coming on on, on that side, that it might be an idea to to switch them over because uh, both he and Andros are capable of playing on either wing. Um, but it was it wasn't exactly a masterstroke, you know. It's a sort of sort of tactical decision my wife could make. <laughs> well, what did you make of this performance? Wilf, very good, very very good. I mean, really, he just puts one excellent performance after another in for the team. And, you know, the big question for me, I suppose, with an element of scepticism which always creeps in when you've been in football a long time, is how long can he keep this going? You know, I you know, keep giving performances like that week after week uh, with very little break in between. It's, it amazes me. Um, for me, I can only hope it... For me and for Palace fans and for the club, I can hope he can keep it going. Roy, how bad is the Scott down injury? Well, we don't know. You never know, do you, directly after the game. The um, the doctors are loath to make any bold statements, but it doesn't look good, that's for sure. It's a Let's put it this way, it's a serious knee injury. Um, now, how serious it will turn out to be when he has the scan, we'll have to wait and see, but it was a, a serious knee injury. Does it mean that you might move in the market for another defender in general? I've got to say that uh, at the moment we haven't been thinking along those terms. We, you know, we we aren't a club that has uh, unlimited resources at our disposal to just you know whenever a player goes down we'll jump out and buy another one. That's not where we are or who we are. So the subject of buying a centre-back's never come up because you know we weren't expecting to have both Mamadou Sacco and, and uh, Scott Dan out for long periods of time. But who knows now, you know, there'll be, there'll be discussions. Football is a, an ever-revolving subject. What you think's good in your team and you have no problems with at one moment in time, suddenly another moment in time changes it all. So I can't answer your question. Um, but it's not something we've contemplated up to now because we think that with with uh, James Tompkins, with Scott Dan, with Mamadou Sacco, with Martin Kelly, with Damian Delaney, that that hasn't been our our major area of weakness. And there's been talk you might return Tim Fossey Mensah United to free up. I don't know anything. I know nothing about that. I know nothing about that. We're very happy with Tim Fossey Mensah, so that's not. Uh, I don't know where that story comes from, to be quite honest. Well, since the uh, since the match finished, there's been a sort of uh, 
creeping feeling of the, of the, about the validity of the penalty. Well, here we are, you know. Yeah, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So, you know, I'll, I'll leave you to decide. I haven't seen it. Um, as far as I'm concerned, as, as I am, when players are given against us, if the referee's that close and has given the penalty, then presumably he's seen it as one, and that's it, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, you're talking to someone here who's just in his team play excellently well in the second half against Arsenal at home and then taken the first point of of Man City in 19 or 20 games. You want me to discuss the validity of a penalty decision? There are key issues, but in that sense, in a, in a, in a wider sense, have you shown the rest of the Premier League that Manchester City can be stopped? Are you, is there a sense of that in your camp this afternoon? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think the sense is that there's an element of, of being very satisfied with the performance and happy that we didn't lose this game, which you know many people predicted we would. There's also an element of frustration or, 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 or sadness that we didn't actually profit from the penalty that was awarded and, and get all three points. There's that element too. And then I think the last element is one of being aware that this is a nice moment in time. This is a, a moment we can we can savour for a very, very brief period because on Tuesday we've got to go to Southampton with only one day's rest and with a lot of injuries. So there's that element as well in our mind. Uh, uh, but you know, you'll have to allow me to some extent to at least have a few minutes of enjoyment, albeit that it might end at midnight tonight, in, in, in seeing, uh, a Sellers, seeing at Sellers Park with the fantastic crowd we have. That we've sent them home very happy today, and we ourselves go home happy because we think we've 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 made a played a very good game. I also couldn't help but notice while De Bruyne was down and Punchin was down being treated, you were sitting next to Pep Guardiola having a very pleasant chat, mm. almost like two chaps at a bus stop. Um, mm. I would say I would say two coaches, two coaches who've been in football for long enough, two coaches who understand the the nature of the game, the nature of the business. Two coaches with mutual respect for each other and two coaches who obviously took that opportunity to, to say a few words to each other regarding you know, what they'd seen during the course of the game and what they, they thought about the season. Um, because you never necessarily get those opportunities that you would like to share those thoughts after matches because we spend so much time with you people. Lucky <laughs> you. May I ask what you were discussing when you were no. discussing what that was? No, no, no. I don't want to talk about those things. It was nice for Pep to come and, and sit down. He, I know him, of course. We, we, have, we have met in the past in UEFA, UEFA seminars, uh, but albeit very briefly. So it was just nice for him to come over and have that chat. But uh, I'm not going to tell you what he said. But if, if he wants to tell you, then he's more than welcome to do so. Thank you. OK, thank you very much, gents. Thank you. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan End of Year Podcast. Hey, hey. hey. Doesn't even sound like a Kit Kat. His name's not Kit Kat. His name's his name's Kit Kat. Right. We'll find out. We'll research. Well, we won't. I can't. It's bothered. Bruno Mars. Oh. <laughs> Maybe they're related. Yeah. Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board if you need to go to Vector.co.uk It's Vector Weather. JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com I nearly forgot. I will. Good, good. He's sitting here. Quite easy, The man who's pumped thousands of pounds worth of sponsorship into the pod. I wish. Each I wish. week. Thousands. Each week. 
<laughs> we have to um, think of these guys at the end of the year. <laughs> so, we've since we had the last full pod, Palace have played Arsenal. Sw- no, Swansea, Arsenal and Man City. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. um, but we have just heard there from uh, from Enders and from Mark on that City game and from Roy who was fairly pleased and actually thought Palace could have won it and in a way Kevin was it kind of the most Palace ending to a game in that we've drawn with City we've stopped them scoring for the first time this season put him, on our best, legs. <laughs> put him on our best performances and yet we're still disappointed because we missed a last minute penalty I'm not disappointed at all I've, no I was way. I was proud as I've been of any Palace performance for a long time really if, if if we hadn't missed that penalty we probably would still be in, in the ground now it's like one City fan said oh, you booked your open top boss yet have you eh. but it was a great performance it's a result that none of us would have expected <laughs> that before that was Mike <laughs> I used to write for him uh, as Mike Kitkat it was a great performance it was a great result great performance well deserved and unfortunately uh, the narrative is already being driven by angry City fans about Punchin's tackle but that shouldn't distract from the fact that we fully deserved a point against a team mm-hmm. who are arguably the best in Europe we've got seven or eight world class players Adam how do you feel about Punchin's tackle? Uh, well, so we're, we're, no, we're, why are we doing that now? let's not, let's, let's I not just wanted to say Punchin's tackle on the podcast let's not oh I see <laughs> No, but it's a talking. If it's a talking point, that was then his we, first we ever job. <laughs> <laughs> and last, I mean, it, it, let's talk about it briefly. Then he had to do it. He had to do it. City on the attack, breaking. Yeah, he had to I do think it. it's sort of taking one for the team, isn't it? Really. I mean, uh, and at that stage when the game's sort of drawing to its uh, finale, you, you, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna do whatever it takes, and it's all instinct at the end of the day. Yeah. I know that people talk about it afterwards, and and sort of whether this is right or wrong, and. But everybody just acts very instantly. The game's not played in slow motion. And it's very easy afterwards for everybody to say, you should have done this, could have done that, and so on. But the game's so quick, and everything has to be done in an instant. And these things are going to happen all the time, aren't they? Well, it's partly because it was on De Bruyne as well, who's everyone's yeah. favourite player at the moment. Yeah, if it had been, and if in it, the past few games, yeah. there have been some heavy challenges on him that City fans feel have gone on. Yeah, like Deli Alli, but... Yeah. yeah. But I then we got a player in Wilf uh, who gets those kind of, maybe not that bad, but gets kicked every every game. So yeah. it happens to the best and players. And again, the, the narrative is being driven by City fans saying he's, he dives every game. Yeah. It was, wasn't a penalty, it was a dive. And Well, what do we think, JD? Was that a penalty? It was, I don't know, go, this, go with Roy Hodgson. The referee gave it, so it must have been a penalty. There was contact. In the Huddersfield Sarno would have gone down for that. Sterling would have gone down. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. In fact, what disappointed me was he didn't give the foul just before because it was a clear foul on, on Wilf about a yard and a half outside, and that's what he should have called. He should yeah. never yeah. have waved it on because there was no advantage to him. John so. Moss let Wilf get battered in the Huddersfield game he didn't give Wilf a sniff this afternoon when Walker was all over him with three or four free kicks that Wilf should have got so Wilf has to work really really hard to get anything out of John Moss mm. but I the, thought that the, I mean I've only seen it briefly on a replay but I thought the penalty one was very similar if not softer than some of the ones he didn't get yeah. from Walker in the There's second half contact. but again it comes back to this consistency doesn't it well I think from where I was sitting uh, at the time I thought he'd sort of fallen on top of him and, and it was a penalty and he didn't hesitate John Moss but he's a pretty bad ref let's be honest and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, don't, I, I didn't mean, think he was too bad today you know, I thought he was no, okay this is you what we really need a lawyer con- considering he was uh, he wasn't terrible but he, he's not been good to us I still haven't forgiven him for the KG one at Manchester United about yeah. five seasons ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which was not a foul and outside the box and yeah. ended up with a penalty and a sending off so yeah. 
But he has got beautiful eyes, though. Fair enough. That's why we have you on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the referees, he's probably got the nicest eyes. Right. Okay. It's not an excuse, but the you know. deadest behind. Now, how do you know yeah. this? Because I'd, I'd done some media work with him. He's, okay, good. I was the one who told him. He was the one who made sure we got that penalty today. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> I was the one who told him Will Sahar was the most foul player and that referees should be ashamed of themselves. Right. That's, that's why he let, let Huddersfield kick him for <laughs> half an hour, basically. I must confess yeah. that uh, I did a photo shoot with a goalkeeper at St George's Park a few months ago. And he was there crossing the road in front of me, and I was very tempted. <laughs> very tempted. <laughs> well, that's the best, that yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. best confession we've had on this part <laughs> so far. Dex and I were sitting right by where the penalty happened, and it was a, we were about 20 yards away from it, and it was blatant. Yeah. Blatant. He, once he got on the other side of Sterling, he had no other option mm-hmm. but to take him down. Yeah. It was Moss got it right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, uh, Moss got it right, but Luca. Of all people, oh, Ed, it, you would if they had it again now. I'd still want Luca to step up and take it. Uh, Benteke should have been taking the penalties. So we've always... <laughs> 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 it's about the tenth time I've said that today. Yeah. Um, still getting a laugh. Yeah, don't, still worry. Getting a laugh don't worry about it. I uh, think we're, yeah, unfair on Man City to pull souls and yeah. he scored that. I, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> yeah, only he took it too two. quickly, and it's impossible not to feel the pressure of that kind of penalty. Yeah, and then the but still it's Luca. He doesn't miss penalties. I can't believe how negative you, all you've talked about yeah. so far is De Bruyne being injured. It's my job. <laughs> a, penalty be, a penalty being missed. Yeah, and the rest. What can we talk about? How good we were? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah we've been spending too many time with those journalists. Isn't that's what happens yeah, after yeah, yeah. well, the Those were the talking points of the game. But you're absolutely right. It was no. The talking point is that we the, only we the second got, team this season to take yeah. to take a point. That's the talking point. To be honest. The kid doing the Adebayor in front of the City fans. Sign him up. Apparently, he's a very good young player. Someone tweeted me and said, No, Kevin, you're right. It was a brilliant, brilliant performance from Palace. Very organised. Bearing in mind, it was almost a second string team. Well, I think we're all a bit surprised in the pub when we saw the team, the team sheet, starting from with Hennessy in goal and then working upwards. But um, they all, the players that haven't played, Fossey Mensah and Riedewald, I thought were both. Fantastic. Fossey Mensah in particular was really good. Yeah. Riedewald was good. Penteke wasn't. Which is a big plus. Yeah. We can say that on this, but it's New Year's Eve. People will be drunk by the time they listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. Oh, and, 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 everyone, you can't fault anyone. Anyway, I thought Van Arnott was really good. I thought uh, Kelly was great when he came on. Hennessy made a world class save with his face. Yeah. Which Andy Street will be furious about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, we have said on this pod in the past, like, oh, the, the squad depth isn't so good at Palace at the moment. But actually, the guys come in and say, maybe, maybe the squad depth isn't that bad. Yeah, I must admit, I said to you the other week that we might be the team to stop them because it would be very Crystal Palace. But I was concerned. I mean, I think there were five players in our starting 11 today that wouldn't be in my team, I'd have to say. But many of them did very well. I mean, Fosu Mento, I think, should play every week. And I thought he was immense in the game mm. today. And, and he should have played against you know, Arsenal. I'm really yeah. surprised he's not had more of an opportunity. And there was, there was talk of sending him back to Manchester United early to make room for another player. I, he's certainly not a player I'd want to lose. I think he's very, very quick. And as a defender, you know, and that's, you know, it's the biggest asset you can have because you can overcome a few errors and a few misjudgments when you've got the legs to get back round again. And uh, it certainly, I, I would have been uncomfortable with, with Martin Kelly playing at right back as he did. I mean, I think the Arsenal game, that was probably a mistake too because I think he'd probably been better set up to deal with uh, Sanchez. Yeah, Adam, you know uh, Julian very well, obviously. Any, any insight as to why he wasn't picked today? No, uh, not at all. He called me yesterday... Um, 
on the way back from training and just said to me that uh, the manager just announced that he was making some changes. He hadn't spoken to him individually at all. And I, I've got to say, I was very surprised. You know, I think he's done very, very well recently. And I thought it was a bit of a risk because um, I thought that they'd have a lot more attempts at our goal. I mean, Wayne made a very good save in the second half, but really it was the only sort of meaningful attempt on target during the game from from City and he wasn't too busy. So, I mean, I was, I was staggered that we managed to restrict them in that sense, you know, so to so little. But, um, yeah, he'll be disappointed and rightly so, I think. We wondered honest. whether it's because Hennessy's kicking is probably a bit deeper than well, maybe than Jules. interestingly, I don't know if you noticed in the second half that, uh, I mean, Wayne's kicking from the floor is his, is his big asset, I think. I don't think his shot stopping is particularly great and for a guy of his size... Generally, aerially, I think he could do more. But um, I'd say to you that, um, you know, his kicking off the floor is exceptional. I mean, Jules isn't a long kicker, but a reliable one in that sense. But uh, out of his hands, Jules is very good. Wayne prefers it on the deck. And I don't know if you noticed that uh, they sat Aguero on top of him second half, so he couldn't put the ball down. So when he has to kick from his hands, he doesn't get the, the sort of length and trajectory in the same way. But... Kev, I've got to be honest with you and say that for me, a goalkeeper is about uh, you know not making too many errors and then adding value by winning points and making critical saves at critical times. And I think Jules has done that for us and you know has been made a, you know a big impact on the season. You know, in our turnaround, I mean, just just in the feeling around the place when he came back into the team from the Chelsea game. Um, and so he'll obviously be very disappointed. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't really know sort of Roy's thinking on it, but uh, you know I hope he, he he gets his opportunity again very soon. Mm. I think he probably will. I mean, you yeah. look at this season; he's already come back in a few times. And the thing about Jules is, whenever he comes in, you you know you can rely on him. You know he's going to give you a job, and he's going he's going to play his all for the team. Uh, but let's move on to someone I think we touched on earlier, which is Gyro playing in the middle now. JD Senior. We've spoken before about this, mm. and you think... Is that, that what you call him at home? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> and he calls <laughs> me... <laughs> um, you said you'd like him at left-back, potentially. Well, I just... The few times I'd seen him, I could see that he was a skillful player, he was pretty quick, and he was very confident on the ball. And I thought, well, we were having troubles at left-back, though I must admit, I think uh, Jeffrey Schlupp has improved quite a lot in the last... Mm-hmm. six weeks or so yeah, that's and that's right. why I thought well, why doesn't he try Jara because he's left footed and so as I said and, and looks after the ball well yeah. and that's what I thought he did well today I thought he was really good on the ball he didn't lose the ball that I can remember at all today he did a, quite a number of good interceptions and tackles and he distributed the ball a couple of one particular time wasn't it out with the outside, outside of it was, yeah, 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 was absolutely yeah, yeah. superb yeah. and yeah, I think he's got a great future with us. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's only, what, 20 or 21 or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly what we want in the team. Yes, well, I, I thought, don't... I thought it, it was a sort of natural Roy Hodgson sort of player. I thought when mm-hmm. Hodgson came in, really well would be somebody that he'd really look to. to... Yeah, I, I wondered, because he hasn't been playing and Fosu Mento hadn't been playing, whether Roy's just 
slightly nervous. They're young lads with not a lot of experience, and mm. Roy just wanted to stick with the older heads. Mm. And That's now 100% maybe, right. yeah. 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 But yeah. doesn't that JC make his performance today even better because he hasn't played much? And you're coming in, you ask him to play against a team that's going to go down in history as one of the best teams in the Premier League, and he's putting that performance on top of that. I mean, that, that shows not just the quality, but the sort of mental strength of someone like that for a young man. Well. Yeah, when, when I saw what he was on the on the on the team sheet, I was thinking, you know, he hasn't been playing much. He could potentially have a not such a good game and then we'll all be on his backs. Yeah. But he's an Ajax player. He's played for Holland. Mm. I mean, he's got talent. Yeah. And I don't know, I think it goes back to the point about PVA and also Fossumenta starting, or if it was Schlupp who started. One of the big things is, I think Roy now has to step back and look back into this and say, if we've got speed in our defence, these guys have to play. Mm. Ward has been fantastic, but he's not the full premiership Mm. Right back anymore, i.e., attacking, crossing. And you see, for Samantha, it's just the complete packet. There's mm. no option now, but he has to be mm. started. But Roy's been given mm. these options, Ed, by. He's been forced into it. He was forced into playing Jarrow today because there was no Macca, there was no uh, Ruben. He's been forced into playing uh, Timmy at right back. But actually, in a way, he's Timmy. now been. Well, we can call him Timmy. Um, he's now been shown. Is that what you call him? Oh, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> he's now been shown that he's got these. He's got these. He's got these better options. But yeah. should he not be making these decisions? You know, before being forced into them. No, I think. Well, I think uh, it's. Uh, he was again. He wasn't with us from the start of the season. What we said at the start of the, before the game was that uh, we, we weren't really expecting a result. Uh, from this one and it would be nice just to see players that like like Timmy and like Gyro uh, you know we can call him Timmy try and like prove themselves you know, get a little chance to, to prove themselves against good competition and we were talking about the fact afterwards that as well I think Roy's actually been quite good uh, in comparison with <coughs> previous recent managers of ours of of putting a bit of rotation into the starting lineup and playing different players, he, he's he's got a lot of use out of people like Macarthur and Kabai. Macarthur, especially, I think a few people had written off um, during the summer. He, like Chungi got time on the pitch today, obviously not intended, but I think he's with like, like playing duels for the first time in a while, um, giving players a chance to do that. I think Roy's actually been quite good for it. But again, so you say he had no choice. Was he not resting players today? Was no, he, Maka no. was injured. No. Ruben all, all was injured. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right, okay. Changes apart from. Julian's was uh, in, 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 oh, okay. that's his proper name yeah Julian yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're his wife that's what you yeah. call him or Julie, Julie as JD calls yeah. him yeah call him what I want that's interesting because all the talk in the was that he was resting players and rotating yeah. his no, he was forced into oh, them but okay. again we've been saying for weeks in this pod why is Wilf not playing out wide and again Wilf did play out wide but because he was kind of forced into this situation like should should Roy not be Seeing, seeing that Wilf is better out on the wing and that he causes more that rather than be forced into I, I, it. I think given our recent record and the fact we've just drawn nil nil with Man City we shouldn't really be criticising Roy should we? I'm no. not criticising I'm, I'm <laughs> suggesting I mean, think, I'm I offering think, suggestions I mean cut him a bit of slack I, mean, <laughs> I love you know, Roy as well, I call him at home <laughs> I, th- I think yeah. I, actually on that point I think there's something interesting about we've been we were unbeaten in what seven games yeah. and we played a system that was, wasn't ideal we all, all wanted Wilf on, on the wing the only thing is, a few of those games we were losing, yeah. and it 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 changed. We had to change the tactics for it to work. Hmm. So the last minutes against Three Watford, the, yeah, Walmart, yeah, yeah. the West Ham's <laughs> was all about that, about Wilf going out wide. And I just think today, I thought actually um, Benteke was much better as a lone striker today. I thought Word, he, he, he kind of owned it, yeah. that space. Hmm. So That's I would like know. to see us go back to seeing Wilf out on the wing. Yeah. Well, the thing, even against City, you've only conceded five goals away from home. He was dragging two or three of their players away from him to give other players space to move in. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he is much more effective out wide. But yeah. 
there was a time when I don't think Roy had any choice but to play Wilf sort of centrally when certainly when Ben Teke was out but you, can, you can see his reasoning behind doing that but yeah. it just everything the world feels more like a more natural place when Wilf is out wide I don't think it's widely known JD but when he came to us as a kid he was a sort of secondary striker Wilf yeah he, he, and, and we sort of converted him Gary sort of converted him more and used him as a wide player but initially he was a he was a forward player I mean when he first came into our, into the club full time in the first first half of the season that he was here as a as a <clears throat> an apprentice or scholar as they're called now he couldn't get into our team hmm. who was it that kept him out Nathaniel Pinney Nathaniel Pinney yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, one day we played Fulham on a Friday at the training ground Nathaniel Pinney was out and Wilfred played and never looked back from there and he was uh, he was incredible but he, he just sort of the penny dropped with him quite quickly so although Everybody would see him as a wide player, and I, I do too. But it's not—it's not sort of completely, you know, sort of unnatural for him as perhaps a lot of people think. I mean, he's—you uh, know—he was a kid that sort of had an unbelievable ability that you could see very quickly, but he didn't necessarily channel it in the right way to start with. I can remember a pre-season game, and we were playing at Croydon Athletic, and Wilfred played up front with Ibra Sakaja. And every time the ball came up to him, he tried to be a little bit too elaborate and kept losing the ball. And I said to Gary on the bench, F*** me, you know, Mick Jones is in the crowd. He's going to go mental after the game. And sure enough, he did come in and sort of tear him off a strip. But uh, it really did, <clears throat> it really did sort of uh, fall in with him quite quickly. And then he just sort of progressed and progressed and progressed. I can remember uh, when you're talking about sort of him being on the wrong end of a few challenges. We played a game at Aston Villa's training ground at the end of the season and uh, I sort of said to the referee during the game, stopped the game at one point and just said, you've got to do more to protect this bloke, they're going to break his leg because some of the challenges were absolutely frightening. But he was that good, even at that point, you could tell he was going to be special. He had this magical ability to take the ball to the byline. The fullback would be facing him up, he had nowhere to go and he managed to get past him like a snake and keep the ball on the pitch. And I've never seen anyone could do it. And he was... Uh, no, he just got better and better and better. But that's well, his career Town, now, isn't it? Townsend's, yeah. Townsend's goal against Arsenal was Wilf at his best. Yeah. The power and pace and the mm, brilliant cutback. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I thought Andros oh, was good today as well. He was. In a shift. Also, Tompkins as well. No one's mentioned. I thought Tompkins Kelly was, was fantastic well. today. Kelly, when he Kelly came was phenomenal. Yeah. The whole team. The whole yeah. team. Yeah, 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 everyone was. It was good. I mean, it was hard. Timmy... Fossey Mensah, <laughs> <laughs> Fozzy, we call him Fozzy. Fozzy, Fozzy. Yeah. Uh, he got man of the match. But who would you guys have given it to? Because I'd have gone, I'd have gone Gyro. Fossey uh, I would have gone Tim. I would have gone Timmy. Timothy. Timmy. Timothy. Oh, I'd have gone for Gyro. I must admit. Timothy for me. I'd have gone for Tim or PVA. Yeah. 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 PVA? Oh, yeah, Patrick was great. I think maybe it was more obvious what Fossey meant to, to the people who gave Man of the Match. He, he was yeah. more visible with what he did, yeah. whereas yeah, he Gyro did. stuff was more yeah, exactly. effective he's, rather than... He's a bit more showy, yeah, if you see yeah, right. yeah, A few yeah, dramatic yeah. challenges yeah, yeah. and got yeah. up with the ball and carried yeah. it. And, yeah. Well, there's one brilliant bit as well at the end of the first half when he took Sane on and oh, took it and dummied past him and yeah, yeah. played a brilliant ball down there. Yeah, he was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, let's uh, wrap up part... One, part two, two part two there. Uh, and after the break, we've got questions from our listeners. Welcome back. 
welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey! End of year special sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think in retrospect, they're probably the best sponsors on the JCIS. I like all our sponsors uh, equally, including our podcast extra sponsor as well. Um, oh, who sponsors that? Miranda, Miranda Jane, Jane Photography. Who? Miranda Jane Photography. Oh, okay. You don't, oh, it, just because you don't oh, listen sorry. to the not my, my not different yet, Miranda. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> let's, oh. let's crack on. That's with a good way of doing it, Kevin. Let's, 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 uh, let's change. Let's change my favourite moment of 2017. <laughs> I've got the two Mirandas mixed up. That's let's terrible. crack on. We're. <laughs> Questions from our listeners. Uh, this question, first one, comes from. Well, we've got a lot of questions about Benteke. You've got any questions, um, lads? Uh, <laughs> l- lot of, well, we might get some live ones from Australia. Harry uh, House and Daily Stars here. Harry, Harry House Daily Stars here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Harry to chuck us a question. Um, lots of questions about Benteke from various people. Uh, it, this one, including one from Peter Hostakney. Hi, Hi Peter. Hi. And he says, "Why?" Bear in mind, a lot of these questions came in after the Arsenal game. Um, why doesn't Benteke go to the front post uh, at the end of the Arsenal game Zaha was very frustrated about that he he does seem to not quite be on that wavelength with some of those balls coming in sometimes does he I'm the wrong I'm not a Benteke fan this season but there are people it's I just thought his it's, it's understandable he's not getting the opportunities the way we're playing at the moment mm-hmm. that's fair enough but his work rate just isn't good enough the Arsenal game in particular he was much better today against City he really he put a shift in but he just Wilshere was getting so much time and space against us and he was only four or five yards away from Benteke and sometimes Benteke's I don't know what he's been told but his own common sense should say to him I've got to get on this play I've got to just try and but he just doesn't make any sort of visible effort that's the problem but if that's but, not your natural the way you play yeah, I understand that, but still, just make, just try. He did. I, yeah. I did see him I, with my own eyes. I saw him close down the defender and the goalkeeper in the same five seconds. Say, Adam. So it, it does happen. I have seen. But he's not. He's not this. Play, he doesn't do. He's not a Fraser Campbell. He doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. That's damning with faint praise. Yeah. That's the faintest of faint praise. I, I think, I think what you, Campbell. I think what you mean by Whoa. that is he, yeah, yeah. he doesn't stretch the opposition yeah, and run him yeah, behind, so. which he, which he doesn't. And He's no Tommy Langley. Yeah. That's <laughs> Sorry, Chris Jones. Are we going there yeah, yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rolling off McCulloch, a lot, and a few more. <laughs> no, I think uh, he doesn't stretch the other team. He doesn't run him behind, but he is a goal scorer, providing. You you deliver him the crosses. Yeah. Well, that helps, of course. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, I think at Leicester was his most effective game. And if you think back to that game, I think Townsend delivered him three or four very decent crosses that he was on the end of, and unlucky not to score more than just the one. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the, the difficulty is, and I've said this before, I think you have to sort of deal in solutions and be realistic about you know, transfer targets and players. It's all very well saying, replace him, get somebody else, get somebody else. And my question to everyone always is, who do you get Mm. that's A, better, Mm -hmm. B, you're absolutely sure about, is going to score you a hat full of goals in the Premier League, which is not very easy. Mm -hmm. And that always sort of leads me back to, that's, you know, people talk to me about transfers and we do this and can we do that and do you know what we're going to do? And, it actually is so difficult now. In fact, the pool and the money, and the, the other clubs don't need to sell players. So, mm. you know, if you wanted to go and sign Danny Ings or Daniel Sturridge or something like that, then 
you're talking sort of massive money again and I yeah. think that's something we've probably got to get out of the habit of because yeah. it's great that we've got Benteke and Sacco for big money but uh, you know they're huge lumps of cash transfer fee wise on their own and it's hard to keep doing that every window you know if you wanted to say so somebody said to you Daniel Sturridge I think his salary is like £200,000 a week at Liverpool or yeah. close to so it's absolutely huge money it'd be £25 million Injury problems all the time. Danny Ings, good player. I know Dougie tried to sign him from Bournemouth uh, yeah. after we played him in a pre-season friendly a number of years ago. But again, just the sort of player you'd like. But could you be sure the money involved? You can't do a loan, obviously, with the two domestic loans we've got. So, but again, Wolf's it's difficult, isn't it, to find better all the time? One of the reasons he's played well against Leicester is that Wolf's goal came from Benteke dropping deeper yep. to win the ball and... and do the build up with Will from the from the halfway line. Yeah. Uh, which we've not seen him do nearly enough. It seems it does seem like a confidence thing sometimes with him JC, doesn't it? He, uh, he's 30 million pounds. I, mm. don't, I don't go with the confidence argument. I mean the thing is that this I think there's one other striker in the premiership who doesn't do the the tracking back and and the chasing down that's Peter Crouch. <laughs> right. So every like every Crouch. other striker I see in the premiership are running after the center backs. Mm-hmm. And they're not mm-hmm. to wear themselves out, but their their presence is mm-hmm. always there. Glenn Murray did it against us when we played Brighton. It doesn't matter how old he is. It it, it kind of feels sometimes with Benteke he loses concentration. Not loses interest or is lazy. It he, he just loses concentration. That's what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And the fans are on his back. Mm-hmm. He scored one in fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's thirty yeah. million pounds strike. Last year, you know, I know it, it is I totally agree about it. You know, the, the market's so hard at the moment. But there were two other strikers, Medio, Lorente and King, last season that scored the same goals as Benteke. Hmm. Well, and they didn't have Townsend and Zaha. Hmm. And they didn't play as many in the sense of Benteke was almost like flopped like a horse because we only had one striker and Fraser Gamble. Hmm. Hmm. You know, so I'm... Poor Fraser. I, I, I'm not saying... I think that Benteke, I totally agree. If he's given the, the crosses, he'll score goals. We're not playing a system like that that's going to give him crosses at the moment. So I'm not quite sure what we're supposed to Can do. Can I offer you a question from Aaron Scott? You may do. Hi, Aaron. Who says, plenty of people criticising Benteke, but last season, didn't Allardyce tell him to stay within the width of the penalty area and not go charging about all the time? No, Pardew told him that, apparently. Oh, was it Pardew? Yeah, it was Pardew who told him that. Okay. And to be fair to him, he scored 17 goals last season, yeah. almost despite himself. It was Pardew that said you'd have to do it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so was he running part. around on the Allardyce? Not I don't particularly really, remember no. it. He was, it to, there, was a, there was a moment today, just in front of us, where he got the ball, and it looked like he'd lost concentration. Like he was going, ah, what, yeah. what do I do with this now? <laughs> he was looking, at, he was, his head was darting around everywhere, and he ended up putting it out, I think. So it's, I think it is... There were a couple of moments there really frustrating where he got it and he did something with it but there was no end product to what he was doing. Can you excuse me just one moment when I pop next door and ask my dad to turn down movies say, yeah. for me? <laughs> Eagle Ed listeners might be able to Enjoy hear it. Enjoy it. Right. Yeah. It won't be picked up here anyway. Um, film in the, the Eagles have landed. The thing is, J.D. Senior, like even if that's not it's your actually game... footage of uh, Punch's tackle on De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, J.C. said earlier, the fans do get on his back and like, it's very audible. You can hear it. So if you were Benteke surely you can hear the fans having a goal and you're not close enough so just do a couple of sprints just you know what English football fans are like they like yeah. to see you they love, they love commitment yeah. there's nothing the, the, the crowd enjoy more there's a player committing himself when you do a goodbye. sliding tackle just to, yes by knocking the ball out and all he's getting is a throw in but Running the fact around, is he's yeah. blocked people yes we love to see that and he Benteke is a disappointment from that point of view but given the right service, we know he can score goals. And mm. I agree with the comment earlier. At the moment, he's not actually getting the service that's, any, that's going to help him score. Yeah. Okay. But 
he gets to nearly all the balls in the air. You could see today he was trying to knock them off in, in the right place. There wasn't always a player there. Sometimes there was a player there. Mm-hmm. Occasionally he hoped in the second half, there were at least two occasions where opportunities <laughs> were created from him knocking it on, in one case off his chest, one case off his head. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's what he's being asked to do. But that's if, if uh, again, if we're saying oh, occasionally he does pass to someone. Well, he was more physical. He's so isolated. 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 Almost every single ball in the air, yeah. but unfortunately, nothing came of it. It's a thankless position to play. I, is, yeah. I, I, th- I think you know, if you're playing as a lone striker like that, you're supposed to get the flick on, so you're supposed mm. to hold up the ball, you're supposed to lay it off. That's playing that position, right? Mm. If you look at someone, look um, as an example, would be Glenn Murray. He'd play that position, and get nothing, mm. but he'll, he'll draw the fouls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once he draws the fouls, he stops the game and he puts them in a position where. where but we don't get that. We don't get the clever play from Benton. Or someone like Costa yeah. will make something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ibrahimovic will make something out of the, nothing. Any yeah. of the uh, City's forward players today, it seemed like they could get a shot off wherever they were, whatever was happening. Yeah. I, you don't feel like that way. But you just want Benton to play a bit better with his feet. And again, you guys. Can I offer us the sad fact? He's not as good as those City players, so that's the problem. Yeah. He's not. Well, because I mean, just an example, yeah. we're not going to be able to sign I know you were saying about transfers. Can I give you two names that people have tweeted us in well, with questions? So, uh, Austin Finn. Well, Austin has. Oh, no, no. Who's he play for? <laughs> <laughs> is that a question? Or is <laughs> Austin Finn has tweeted us all the way from New York City. Ooh. And they're saying New York City, America. Oh. He's said, oh. Say that about my mama's cannoli. Quite anyway. Yeah, carry on. He said, "Big fan of the pod." Well, oh, thank thanks you. Austin. Thanks, Austin. Uh, Got one. <laughs> and he said. Um, Alexander Mitrovic has told Newcastle he'll be leaving. Uh-huh. Do we think he'd be the perfect low-risk, high-reward signing? And given he's Serbian, maybe Luca could help out. And before you answer that, Adam, I'll give you another one from Wayne Hart Loveless, Hi, Wayne tweeter, Hart. not on oh, footballer, yeah. who right, said, Tosan, Senk Tosan, the, uh, the Turkish guy we were after, going to Everton for 30 million. Another Cahill, another op- missed opportunity. Um, well, to answer both of those, Mitrovic... Um, no, that's the answer to that. Well, no, let's that, not carry on the conversation. No, just no, just no. I'm with you. I'm with you, Kev, with that one. I mean, Mitrovic isn't uh, isn't getting a game at Newcastle in front of Dwight Gale. So uh, if we think that uh, Dwight Gale wasn't good enough, I wasn't one of those people, by the way, because I think uh, in the current setup he'd actually be quite useful to us. Um, but if people don't think he's good enough, then Mitrovic doesn't look to be that answer. He hasn't been prolific at this level. Um, and again, that sort of underlines my point about how difficult it is to find mm-hmm. the right people. And, the, you know, the, the way that... The, and I'll just go rewind a little bit because we were talking about the shape of the team earlier and sort of all... I think most of us agree that... You know, we'd like to see sort of four, two, three, one with Loftus Cheek as the number ten yeah. and Wilf and Townsend wide and so on. But perhaps he's he's doing it the other way because of y- the points you've raised around Christian Benteke. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps he doesn't feel that because he's going to stretch the team, the opposition, and so on, that uh, that he has to get Wilf around him a little bit more, and yeah. and that could be the case. So I do I do think it's hard because in the modern era, everyone wants to play with one up front. But to find that striker that's really complete, that can do everything, you know, he's physical, he's quick, who can score goals and hold the ball up for you, 
that's needle in a haystack job and those that do it and, and can score and to be fair we do have that man yes. we're just, he's just we're just not getting the best out of him he's just yeah. not doing it I think the tossing thing as well is that we were on the verge of signing him but there was an argument about spreading the payments wasn't there which I, I, think I, don't, I don't know that exactly I know that Dougie was keen on him and it was a player certainly that he was pursuing in the last week of the window right. but I don't know um you know, too much more as to why it didn't happen. But I spoke to a, a Turkish agent a couple of weeks ago and I mentioned him and he said he thought it'd be very difficult for anybody to get him. So I'm actually right. quite surprised oh, really? that... Uh, well, it sounds Everton like a lot of money. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in the... the la- they qualified for the last 16, 16, didn't they? The Champions League, I think. So uh, Who, Everton? No. No. <laughs> I missed that sheep tash. Um, okay, uh, well, it, it would be nice though on that general point. I mean, one of the reasons Freeman was brought in was to get this sort of business done early. Mm-hmm. And again, it looks like we're going to be signing all I, our players. In the I, I have to say, Kev, I know you're not a fan, and uh, Dougie will divide opinion with people, but it isn't. <laughs> it really isn't very easy. Right. It's not easy. And in January, ev- everybody, everybody's yeah. playing games with you and holding out. And the transfer market's always the same. It's a domino effect. And I think January particularly. It's tough because nobody wants to sell their their players. JD asked me about a goalkeeper. We're going to need a third goalkeeper. But realistically, who are you going to get who's really going to be sort of top, who are the clubs willing to sell? Because the only people that want to sell players at this time are players they don't want. And mm-hmm. uh, that makes it sort of doubly hard. And I think, you, you know, in some ways, especially with the injuries we've had today, that could put a different complexion on things as well because if Scott Dan and Punchin for instance are ruled out for a long period we're already a little bit short and uh, we might need a couple of extra bodies there as well. well have you got any insight into how much we might be prepared I mean what sort of money are we prepared to lay out on players have we got a pool have we got a I, I don't, honestly don't know the answer to that question but um, I know that uh, Steve and the guys were putting some money in additionally at the end of the last window with the Nias situation and mm. that was going to be sort of you know put from their own funds again from uh, outside of the, the club's money and, and you know they did that again last January and those recruits obviously played a big part in mm. us uh, surviving so but it's not it's not something you want to sort of continually have to do of course but I do I do think it's really much harder than everybody realises you know you the, to actually get these deals over the line and done and and it's almost uh, if we go back sort of twenty years and you ask me the same question, I think it was much easier then because you were just sort of generally working with players within this country and Crystal Palace's budget, and we knew we were buying players from Barnet or Doncaster mm. Rovers or, <laughs> but you Palace were renowned really for going and finding the mm. next big thing, weren't yeah. they? Not not the big thing, but it was you know Chris Armstrong or Dougie Friedman, Andy or, Dorman. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, that was slightly more difficult, JD. But in fairness to George Burley, when he took over, uh, I can remember seeing Dougie at the training ground, and, and we had a wage bill. We had a wage bill when when uh, Steve Parrish and the guys took over of ninety thousand pounds a week total. Wow, that was the budget. total total. In that first season that George oh. Burley was in charge, that was that was the budget. And most of that was Julian, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think I think actually when we were promoted in 2013, I think there were only two players that were earning uh, double figures, if you like, in wow. salary. Really, yeah. it was a really you know we didn't have a big budget, 
and we did fantastically well to cobble together a team to um, to get promotion. So when you consider now, I think there's probably you know four or five players in the squad, you know, earning big big money. Well, speaking of yeah. one of those on a big budget, we got a question from Dan Bright. Hi Dan. Hi okay. Dan. Who says if we lost Wilf in January, now we, we probably won't, and That's Wilf has come out, and said, come out and said yeah, we're not, he won't. He but won't, let me yeah. pose a question to you, JD anyway. He said if we lost Wilf in January, and even Dan is saying I'm not saying we will, do you think we'd survive or go down? Depends who we buy, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's all very well speculating we lost someone, but if we know we're going to lose him, we're going to be looking for someone to replace him. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think we'd necessarily go down. Yes, he's very important to us, but I think we'd get something that would be would help to fill the gap. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as you know as much as we'd like. No, I don't think. I think we're well as well organised as a team. Mm-hmm. That yes, he's very important to us, but a, it's a team game. And it's the other 10 mm-hmm. who helped to provide the platform for him. So, no, no I don't think we'd go down. Well, how about this, Ed? Suggestion Hello. from Panda Arms 101. Oh, Hi, Panda. One of our best named listeners. Uh, PVA part exchange for Yannick. PVA part exchange for I think he just made it up. I don't think it's a, it's a rumour, but... We were, we were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, we? We were, yeah. were talking about getting Yannick back. Yeah. How's he uh, doing? He started. He, he started made his on, first start last weekend, yeah, he? came on against Bournemouth yesterday. Good. I'd, I'd certainly take Yanni back, but PBA has been been good for him. He was great today. Eh? I don't see like just buy him. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll do it. Buy him. I don't understand. Sorry, by this... the way, if you can hear me laughing, it's because we have got the Keystone cops in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Grown oh. men in their forties and fifties. Back on the Zaha point. Yeah, he, you know he won't go this this transfer window, but I'm hoping a Palace are thinking about what happens when he does go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going back to when Wright left and went to Arsenal. The beginning of the following season. I think it was Blackburn our first game and we played with Mark Wright and Chris Coleman up mm. yes. from playing with Ian Wright. Yeah. You know, and it's that kind of fear factor of what happens when Zaha goes mm-hmm. because he is our outlet. Mm-hmm. He is that player. And we do have a history of being a bit reactionary to these kind of things so you'd like That's to think true, they yeah. are thinking. But, oh. Yeah, but also but, he, he will, when he goes he will go for a lot of money. Yeah. So we, we will be able to, to fill the gap. But I, it's, you, I don't think we will because it's... You, you, I don't think you need to look for a Zaha replacement because you can't replace him. Because it's, it's not oh, just his, it's not him. just yeah, the yeah. way he plays. It's, think, it's meaning to the club and all that. I don't think we should go. We should be going. Well, when he, I, I, I don't think it's a dead set that he's ever going to leave. Palace, no, Palace, 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 but Palace need, definitely needs some innovation strategy. Yeah. I'm thinking of exactly. Well, I wonder where they can get that from. I know just the man. I will. JD, I think I can help you a little bit with some some background on Wilf. You know, in terms of. The stuff that you're reading is generally placed there for a reason. I'm not certain that all this interest is actually really interest. From Tottenham? I don't... Well, Tottenham, for instance... Once a season, every season. I can tell... I I don't want to speak out of turn, really, or say things I shouldn't. All good. But I could say to you that, that, that Wilfred Zaha's salary at Crystal Palace, from what I understand, would be... Greater than Harry Kane's and Deli Alley's at Tottenham Hotspur, for instance. Wow, really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. In fact, I could tell you that uh, it would be considerably more than Deli Alley's, from what I understand. So, wow. so all this talk about. So why would he go? Harry, well, well, Harry Howes from the Stars, listening to that now. He's got his well, now. Oh, oh, well, I'm only. I Did mean, you I'm, hear that, Harry? No, he's watching movies for men. Did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> through, through. <laughs> 
through my work, obviously, I pick a lot of this sort of stuff up, and you know, I deal with agents all the time, and you 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 pick up a lot of information along the way. And Wilfred, I don't think it's you know, people sort of go, oh, he'll go, he'll go, he'll go, because you know they read it in the press. I can remember uh, having a conversation with Andy Street after the Chelsea game on the way back from Stamford oh, Bridge last crikey. year, and he was absolutely sure that you know they they there's another lad with us in the car, and I said. I'm saying to you, I don't think it's anywhere near as straightforward as you think. Mm. And I'm pretty sure he'll stay. And that was the case. How much is Wilfred Zaha worth? You know, here's the question. If you're if the Premier League revenue, I don't know, is 140 million for Palace per season turnover. Mm. I think Palace's turnover outside of the television money is about just over 20 million, between 20 and 25 million. All the rest of the money is TV money. So... You lose Wilfred Zaha and you lose your Premier League status. That's going to be that. That makes him worth a hundred million pounds in his own right, anyway, yeah. doesn't it? And then who who thinks he's worth a hundred million pounds? We all do yeah. here in the room because we love him and he's mil, so important to us. In a market where Van Dijk is worth seventy five million, then we'll probably. But, but then Zaha, the what's the name? Salah from Liverpool is thirty five million. Yeah, it's already scored seventeen. But it, yeah. true. But I don't, I don't think he'll be thirty-five million yeah, tomorrow yeah. if you want to buy him, though. Will <laughs> he? In, in a way, Wilf's uh, experience at Man United has played into it. It's, it's helped yeah. us really because yeah. he knows what it's like out in the big bad world with the big clubs. Well, but also, the, the words got greener. yeah, but words also gone round the big clubs that he's not. He's got a reputation. So why Southgate gnaws it up with England? He's got a reputation for not being trustworthy. He's, He's not. He's got around wrong, the big. Of course, yeah. it's totally wrong. But so where where's he going to go? There's no point in going to Newcastle or Everton or whatever. I, I, so Kevin, he, he, won't, he won't fit at certain clubs. No, he won't fit. If you look at Manchester City with yeah. Raheem Sterling, think about the Raheem Sterling that played for Liverpool. Think about the Raheem yeah. Sterling that plays for Manchester City. Yeah. Raheem Sterling, I first saw. We played Liverpool in the FA Youth Cup at Anfield. It was about 2011 or 12. I can't remember. And he was 15 and he played for Liverpool that day and he terrorised us. He was fantastic. But he was a, a dribbler and a guy that mm. carried the ball and, and was, was very direct. I mean, Guardiola doesn't allow him to do that now. Mm. Everything's yeah. punch, punch, quick, mm. quick, quick. And I'm not sure that Wilfred, much as we love him and, and we think he's fantastic, because we as a team want to be a solid unit that's hard to beat. Let's get Wilf the ball and he can do something for mm. us and win us the game. But I don't think that's the case at Manchester United, for instance. We'd be a player that probably had too many touches and slowed the game down in that sense for them. And So he's not a fit for every club, that's for sure. I think he's at home here. He's at a club where he's loved by everybody. Yeah. And I think confidence yeah. and that, that yeah. is important to him as and a kid. And he loves the fans. Like, yeah. As I, yeah. as I yeah. know him, that, that's important to him as a kid. The money side of it, I don't think that's a problem because he's earning the money that he'd be earning if he was playing for one of the big yeah. six clubs anyway. And he's, so going, he's going to keep his international recognition of the Ivory yeah. Coast. Yeah. 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 So, so I don't, I don't see this kind of scenario. Everyone goes, oh, he'll go, he'll go, he'll go, he'll go. I don't quite see it like that. I've yeah. got to be honest. Uh, maybe I'm just too optimistic. But you know, knowing a little bit of background and a bit of insight to sort of some of the bits that go on, I would say to you that I. I'm, I'm, I'd be absolutely staggered if he wasn't playing for Crystal Palace at the end of the January transfer window because it would be almost suicidal to sell him, wouldn't it? You know, so and I'd, Steve, you know, he has his critics, but he does want to take the club forward, and he does really sort of, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is and his nuts on the block, so to speak, to go and sign <laughs> players for big money 
and big, big wages, big nuts. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I hope yeah. that's not actually part of the transfer negotiation. No, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, in that in that sense, he, you know, he, he's taken the club forward. And I've yeah. said before, you know, he gets a lot of criticism. But we're Crystal Palace, and we were laughing a minute ago talking about Andy McCulloch and Trevor yeah, Aylott yeah. and Tommy Langley and Chris Jones. We've spent over £40 million in the last three transfer windows. We've got the ninth biggest wage bill in the Premier League. You know, you can't say the bloke's done anything other than yeah. good things. He's made a few errors, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't? You know, he doesn't get everything right. When we appoint a manager, you don't know he's going to work until you've put him in the environment. You just make your choice based on your instinct, don't yeah. you? I think that's a good point from JD Senior. If, if Wilf was still on the verge of an England place, yeah, yeah. the one thing that you'd say, all right, let him go to Man, Man City... Yeah. And improve him as a player, get him in the England squad. But now he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. So you can yeah. tell who's the accountant at the table. Yeah. <laughs> you always get the pragmatic, sensible interjection, don't you, from the accountant? Right. Speaking of interjections, let's take a break nice. there. Oh, Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Seamless. Oh, wow. Seamless. Had 240 uh-huh. podcasts got up at some point. Um, thank you for your questions, listeners. Please keep sending them in, of course, in the new year. After the break, we're going to preview Saints quickly. We're going to look back at 2017, and I've got a little quiz for you guys. Join us after the break. Back to the five year plan end of year podcast Yay! 2017 special sponsored by Vector Printing for your print embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's a vector with a okay. They're the oh, worst sponsor, they're almost not, they're not. they are a wonderful sponsor, and we value their input massively. Uh, we're also sponsored by uh, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, that was the sexiest <laughs> one he's done yet. Um, good. Right, lads. Uh, we're going to preview Saints in a bit, which is our next game uh, on Tuesday night. But before we do that, it is our end of year special. So I've done a quiz. Oh. It's only five questions. It's not like a big quiz or anything. So oh. let's see how much you guys remember. I suspect Adam's going to Is it probably... as hard as the one I asked you last week on the train on the no. way back from Swansea? No, because no, we've well. got to wrap the pod up soon. So. <laughs> Question one. Okay. Which... Uh, see if the studio audience know as well. Which of the Palace's three managers in 2017 had the best win percentage and that includes that, well obviously that includes Roy and up until now Allardyce one out of three Allardyce is it Roy Allardyce what studio what do you reckon Frank De Boer who said Frank De Boer <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is Roy Hodgson oh, no I like it is Sam Allardyce <laughs> <laughs> Some oh, other this is the best uh, players. 37.5%. Hodgson, 27.8% currently. Frank the Ball, 20%. was one game out of five. What? So. Lee oh, Cup, correct, yes. yeah. Right, question two. Who made the most appearances for Palace in 2017? Sam Allardyce. Joel Ward. Nope. Joel Ward is second on 38. Oh, wow. Oh. Wayne Hennessy. No, not Goodbye. Scott Dan. Who said Townsend? Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct. Oh, Townsend. <laughs> 42, 42 appearances of Townsend. Uh, Kabai 35, Luca 31. Um, question three. Jordan Much. He's <laughs> not Jordan Much is never going to be an answer. That was quiz. the most disappearances, I think. Uh, <laughs> question three. What game had the most fans inside Selhurst this year? No. Nope. Arsenal. Oh. Oh. Was it today? Arsenal, Arsenal and Boxing. Chelsea. 
Is this a Twitter question? Well, I actually didn't check the attendance today, (laughs) but I wrote this before the uh, after the Arsenal game. Apparently, it was it was was Arsenal. All right, what the other night? Yeah, which is twenty five thousand seven hundred sixty two. Oh, was it what twenty five thousand eight hundred? No, just eight (laughs) hundred. Okay, maybe today. (laughs) Who knows? I probably should check back of the Brighton games. Did you check how many people were there for that? No. All right. Question four. Could be that. (laughs) Question four out of how many? Five. How much? Maybe today I should have checked that. How much money did Palace spend on players in 2017? Oh, 40 million windows. Uh, Oh, I've got three. Sorry, I've got three options. Are you you including the loan fees or not? No, (laughs) no loan fees. No. Yeah. But okay. But. Yeah, how do you define spend? <laughs> I, 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 here comes the accountant on the rails. How do you define spend? I went off. on Wikipedia. Right. Oh, it must that's be true. Then. That's 100% reliable. You don't want to look up spend on Wikipedia. Three options. Or X Hamster. Oh, multiple choice. Oh, 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 choice. Oh, oh, <laughs> Come on. 44, I'm cutting that. 44 million, 54 million. Or 64 million? Could you repeat the question? How much money did Palace spend in 2017? Uh, 64 million. 64 million. 44. 64. 44. 44. 64. 64. 64. 64. 64. 64. 64. 64. The answer is 64 million pounds. Oh, but as your dad said, it depends on what you mean by (laughs) spending. I gave you a clue a minute ago when I said we spent 40 million in the last three windows. Uh, It was Schlupp for nine, PVA 10, Luca 11, Gyro 8, Sacco 26. That doesn't add up to 64. Quick math. Oh, I can't do so that. again, that doesn't. 26? 9, 10, 11, 8, and 26. Okay, can you give us a pap- 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 <laughs> Can you seasonally adjust that, though? Eh? Can you not yeah, seasonally adjust that? What is that? <laughs> anyway, last question. In 2017, mm, how yeah. many plays did the FYP podcast get? Plays. Was it. Yeah, plays slash download slash whatever. Was it 450,000? 500,000 or 535,000? 64,000. I'm going for the highest number. I'm going for the lowest number. Does that include the match ones as well? Yeah, every pod. Depends on what you mean by play. Every. (laughs) As your dad would say. 535. What's the low one? The 450. I'm going to go 450. It's 535,000. Even JD wouldn't put a question (laughs) in that. It's his own pod. Uh, So thank you very much to everyone that listened and downloaded and played. That's a massive number and we're very, very proud of that. Somebody sponsored every one of those 535,000. It was all the sponsors. Um, (laughs) Wouldn't have happened without sponsors. Clearly the sponsors get good value. Absolutely. Great value. And thank you very much. Where does the sponsors money go? Very high. Just by just as a point of view, go on. Guys on microphone this fabulous equipment. Oh, okay, well, okay. Your <laughs> <laughs> right, you have to you have to take the left off. It's, it's, w- it's way over there. No. It's, it's a, you're a long way off that left. That's it's coldest floor, isn't it? Oh, before we preview the Southampton <laughs> game, um, let's get from you guys your favorite moment of 2017 this year. Who's who's ready? Uh, Chelsea game probably. Yeah. yeah. Which one? The one. Oh, sorry, the one at Sellers. The first yeah. win of the season. Look, yeah. Funny enough, so. I was going to say the same game, but the fa- when it comes to moment for me, the moment was when the first goal went in because I thought the noise was louder than it had been at Wembley. <laughs> the sheer relief of actually scoring a goal yeah. this season. Mm. Yeah. 
But great. I mean, great. We beat we beaten Chelsea t- twice this year. Mm. I mean, we, that that can't happen much to us beating. Or the final whistle of the Arsenal game, the three when we the won three. three, three I, I yeah. quite like the first goal. Wolf's goal against Hull, the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. Was yeah. it four 0 in the end? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So can I? Yeah, so it was a good moment. we've had votes for Chelsea from Lawrence Page, William Eldridge, Mark Taylor, Dave Lewis, all saying beating Chelsea. Why are you asking them? These are, these are people who tweeted. I asked people to tweet in with their suggestions. Oh right, right. Yeah. Well, we're an inclusive pod, don't we? Get them to do the pod then. Well, they can if they want. It's a whole the whole waste of time. Just get them. Yeah. With the whole game, do a live tweet one then. Well, maybe we will it's at some point because we won't because that sounds like a lot of hard work for me. It's New Year's Eve. I'm trying to get drunk. Uh, Austin Finn said the the goal against oh Lucas penalty against uh, Hull. <laughs> this is a, this is it's like herding sheep. This isn't Jesus. Um, who, who else said Arsenal? Who said Arsenal? It, I don't know. I'd be both of those actually. I think the Chelsea mm. game was fantastic because Wilf and uh, Julian both returned. And yeah. I remember you saying to me during the week, I think the roof will come off the place if those two names are on the team sheet on Saturday. Mm. When I said to you, I thought that was a possibility. And it certainly lifted the spirit around the place and made a big difference. You're saying that I was right? Yeah, you were right, Jay. In the roundabout. I think that was the sort of, that was the catalyst really for the season. But the Arsenal home game, I think I first started watching Palace in 1976 and I think it's only the third time we've ever beaten Arsenal in a competitive Mm. game. Mm -hmm. We beat them in 79 at Sellers. I think Dave Swindler scored a deflected goal. I was a nine-year-old boy. And we beat them at Highbury, I think, when John Solarco scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 uh, But I think they're the only two recollections I've got of us beating Arsenal so 3 new at home to Arsenal in April was uh, you know that was a great JC, can I, can I just say it? very quickly the point that, that, that you make about Julian starting against Chelsea is it it did lift everybody because yeah, definitely if, if Julian makes a mistake the crowd don't get on his back. They don't. They don't go. You remember sour. When, the crowd yeah. don't go sour. When remember McCarthy made a mistake against Liverpool in particular. Yeah, yeah. It's like the whole thing. Mm. I don't know the, if you remember, yeah. Kevin. You were there, but the first, the year we were promoted, we got beat by Watford on the first day of the season, three-two. Vidra scored those two uh, yeah. late goals, right? And Jules actually dropped a bit of a clangor for the first goal. It came off his chest, and they. It was unusual for him to make a sort of technical error because that's really his strength, and. Uh, he put his hand up to the crowd and they started to sing his name, you know, as a sort of apology. Mm. And uh, I think that sort of bears out your point, yeah. really. That, Imagine uh, Hennessy did that. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be singing his name. Uh, J- JC, can I offer you from the Arsenal game, Matthew Ball says, Luca's face after scoring the penalty in that 3-0 win. Yeah, yeah that, that was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. What would your vote go to? My my best moment. Why are we talking about Lucas my, face my, after a penalty you scored? Today's is going to be a little bit more. Uh, Looking more. back, right at the moment in time when this happened, it was definitely what I thought would be my best moment, and that was the appointment of Frank de Boer. Because I thought this is it. Yeah. This is the the next stage yeah. the yeah. evolution yeah, yeah. of Palace. We're going with a. So I already thought, you know, and it just proves that, you know, innovation strategy is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested because I listen to this stuff. And uh, you're on a mission today, JC. Aren't you? I don't you know. JC, why, why, why were you? Um, <laughs> why were you believing that, given the uh, the way things had worked out under Alan Pardew to a degree, and we sort of gone back to being a little bit more Crystal Palace and hard to beat and counter-attacking 
What under, made you think under that, Podgy, yeah, what made you think it would work game. under the ball particularly, the, that uh, sort was, of possession-based game? It was the cha- complete change of scene, you know, feeling that we didn't have to rely on these kind of, these type of managers like Pardew, or the get-out-of-jail managers. I thought Pardew was, was going to be the next step as well. He was going to develop, develop. He started to do that. It didn't go, yeah, it didn't go well. A lot of stuff. It was all right until he had to start bringing in his own players and stuff. It was good working with the people that he inherited. I thought the appointment of De Boer represented a sea change in the the club's ambition. And it's the first time that we didn't have to appoint a manager uh, to save the season. And for me, it was a shame it didn't work out. But you have to applaud the ambition of the the attempt to bring a manager like him in. Yeah. Oh, big time. Ed? It was nice, just as a side note, it was really nice to hear everyone singing Roy Hodgson's Red and Blue Army. Yeah. It was fantastic. And Roy will have liked that as well, I'm sure. Your vote for a moment of the year? Uh, I think probably Will's first goal when we played Hull at home towards the end of the season. As I said, did I already ask you? Yes, um, I answered. Yeah. I'm losing control of this spot, aren't I? Um, can I, a few suggestions. <laughs> I can't remember what the answer was. Michael, <laughs> Michael Brockman says Benteke's double at Anfield. Oh, yeah. And mm. I chuck in the handshake in that. The mm. handshake that, oh, yeah. that annoyed all the, between Saka yeah. and... and um, well, well done for illustrating the handshake, by the Thanks way. Thanks very much. Words, words, words on radio. Yeah, 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 every yeah. single one of uh, Saka's turns. That's my favourite moment. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Scott, Mike Scott says, sounds minor, but PVA's winner when we beat Borough 1-0. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Start yeah. that run off. Yeah, yeah. Clifford like says Troy Deeney's winner at Sellers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry and the then Hornet. Liam yeah. Byrne and Steph Desombre have both said, well, Liam says Wilf signing his new contract, and Steph just says Wilf just being Wilf. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, nice. Good. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, let's preview the Southampton game then, because I think we're going to pod before the next game after that, which will be Brighton in the FA Cup. Ooh. Third round, oh, uh, but Saints on Tuesday. JD, these are we only we were looking at the table after the game. They're only one point ahead of us. They're having yeah. a terrible season at the moment, really struggling. So yes, it's great to draw a city today, and it was a great performance and stuff. But going to Southampton on Tuesday, that where we haven't got a great record, those are the games we have to go and put in the same performance. You're absolutely right. Those are the games where we've got to get points out of. Um, I'm not totally confident. I'll be honest. I. It's only, as, as Roy has said, only one day rest that might affect us. And he's got a fair number of injuries. So um, I'm just hoping we put in a jolly good defensive display because uh, I think we could hang on for a nil-nil. Uh, Will we take that, Kev? Oh, absolutely. Anyway, our away form has improved considerably in a way. Point. But I think what's important about today's result is that after they Southampton played really well at Man U, and they'd been really buoyed up by that, and they would have been not expecting Palace to go into their game with the confidence of a point against Man City. Yeah, but yeah, in in Roy we trust. So <laughs> nice. point, yeah. if we get a point for that, I'll be highly delighted. I was, I'm delighted with a point from Arsenal and Man City. To be perfectly honest, yeah. off the back of four points from two mm-hmm. away games. Be nice to kick off the new year though, Adam, wouldn't it? You know, after that performance, kick off the new year with a win or something. And I, I mean, certainly they're not in great form. It was a great point they got at Manchester United, of course, but I think they haven't won in about eight or nine games now, Southampton. So it's not a terrible time to be playing them, but as uh, JD Senior alluded to a second ago, with the injuries that we've got, you, you have to say, and the lack of recovery time and so on, that, that's probably going to make things a bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but we may have a few guys back potentially. I don't know. I, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I think the one thing we can guarantee Shane Long's not scored for 35 games, so He'll lump score. all your money on that. Also, the other that. thing we should bear, bear in mind is that w- where we were after seven games. Mm-hmm. So it's remarkable. Going into yeah. the new year, it's remarkable where we are. We're not in the bottom three. We're not bottom after, for the love of, you know. Yeah. Our recovery recently has been fantastic. Well, when we, when so we were bottom after, what was it, eight, seven or eight games, there was a record, games. or was it maybe we were still bottom after 10 potentially or something? Yeah, there was yeah. some sort of stats yeah. saying only one team had ever survived from yeah. that, and that was Everton yeah. back yeah. in 94 or 95 yeah. or something. But now, JC, we're out of the bottom three at Christmas, and traditionally, if you are out of the bottom three, albeit it's only by a point, I think, or something, then. You know, those teams in the bottom three at Christmas it traditionally always go down, or don't always, but have got a higher chance. So we've given ourselves this, this massive chance of staying up. I, I think we've given us more than a massive... I mean, the whole plan was to be in the mix. Yeah. Seven games yeah. lost in a row, not one goal scored. Can we not be cut adrift? Mm. And if we were in the bottom three at this time of the season, but we were three, four points or four from bottom... That means we can spend mon- spend money. Yeah. To, mm. to think that we're not in yeah. the bottom, it's, it's an amazing achievement, and yeah. that's Roy and the team. Yeah. So, um, but I think, I mean, Southampton. Just thinking about Southampton, there's one thing that does annoy me sometimes. And you look at say the Leicester game with the intensity we played, and you compare that to the intensity maybe of the Swansea game, and it wasn't there. Yeah. Mm. And I'm just wondering what type of Palace will turn up against Southampton, mm. and that's my kind of. But we've seen today that, again, we have these good performances against big teams and it shows there is that team in there, Ed. There is that team that can turn up and can do it. So why is it in some games you go to Swansea and it's the same players off the back of a result and they don't, it's not the same thing? I don't know. I think we'll be fine. (laughs) But we're getting... Cool. Um, Right, well, we'll see you later. I'll I'll interpret (laughs) that. because Jairo's not playing because it's not the same players. He's tired. Okay. He he was up at half nine this morning. He's tired. Half (laughs) nine. Half nine. nine. He's up this morning. It's early for me. We're getting... Don't get get out of that. You know the difference is but we're getting... We're picking up points against the teams around us. That's something we've not done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Roy's tactical now and, and his hard work on the training grounds there for everyone to see. Yeah, yeah. And he does eke out points out of games even when we're not at our best. I mean, I actually think we're about four points behind where we've deserved to be at this point, really. I think... Which would put us in the, from the table home games, We're three yeah. points ahead of this time last year. If we, if we, last yeah. if we yeah. won today, we'd be 13th. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that if you look at the games, I think the West Ham, Bournemouth... Everton home games all might have been wins and we yeah. dropped sort of six. Watford at home and Stoke at home probably should have only been draws yeah, and we've ended yeah. up with wins. Yeah. So four back the other way. And then I think we've lost a point at Newcastle and a point at Spurs. Tottenham that we should have. So mm. I think we should be four points better off than we are now. But I think the fact that I said this to you the other day, you kind of know what we're going to get and that was sort of very well organised today and we're very well organised in every game now yeah. and then we've got a little bit of quality that sort of undoes the opposition from time mm. to time but mm. even when we're not at our best we still sort of eke out points and the, the performances go slightly up slightly down but they're nearly yeah, at a sort yeah. of very similar it's level right. it's a lovely all consistency all isn't yeah, it you're not used to it I, don't think, used I can't, no, I can't think in the Premier League we've we, ever we, had we've, that what's it like on off. the training ground Roy because I hear you can be he can be quite Gnarly. Oh yeah, that's probably fair. I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, those that know him, um, are, are one of my close friends is uh, has worked for him previously and may yet work for him again. I think. But uh, he would say to me that uh, you know he's a great fellow and he's got good humour and all that sort of stuff. 
but he's not frightened to sort of say his piece and sort of get stuck into a few people. And uh, I think I think he's earned the respect of everybody because he's you know he's proven himself, hasn't he? You know all this stuff. On, you know, I saw Steve Parrish after the game briefly tonight and, and he's talking to me about the season and asking me a few things and what I thought. And I just said, well, it's a great appointment. A lot of people doubted you doing it, but he's proven that the people that know him all think he's very, very capable mm. and he's got good, you know, good balance and a good sort of uh, outlook. And I think experience isn't something that people should... Uh, you know, you heard these terrible comments on the radio and all these cheap shots from people. Oh, you know, he's a dinosaur mm. and all that sort of stuff. And he's just, what, what, what does that mean? And who should say that? And what, what's yeah. the, what, what yeah. it's just a cheap shot all the time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, it's very easy to sort of make these remarks and, and criticize people. But actually, the truth is often far, far away from that. And when you know the parties involved or you're close to people that are working with them and stuff. And, you know, I think he's done a fantastic job. And I I said to, to JD a couple of times, and he thinks I'm very optimistic. I actually think we'll finish in the top half of the Premier League this season. Well, I do. Bold. Well, well, very good. Champions League, mate. <laughs> you've, been, you've been saying that I think, years, I think that might be a bit of a stretch, Ed, at this point. But I do, I, do, I do actually think we should be looking up rather than down. Yeah. I mean, as I said before, you'd be mad to say we can't be relegated. Of course we can be relegated. But actually, you know, the way we're going... I think we've lost three games in 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's not a team right. that's going to get relegated. Yeah. In that case, you know? then, quickly, then, before we wrap up this pod, this, this yeah. end of year Sorry, special. I'm rambling again. No, it's great. It's good stuff. Quick prediction, then, for 2018 for Palace. Just off the top of your head, what do you reckon, JC? You mean... Whatever you want. Oh. Whatever you want. I'm just off, off Adam saying top half there. Just whatever, what's going to happen to Palace in 2018? Um, we'll be 12th, 10th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say we'll be 14th, we'll win the FA Cup, and the pod will have the best sponsor we've ever had. Mm-hmm. We'll get rid of Vector. Already has. No, we <laughs> love Vector. I hope we don't get win the... I, Thanks, I listen, Kev. But I love, I've got no printer embroidery needs. I love that if prediction. If I had printer embroidery needs, I'd Kev, you never know. Innovation strategy is what I need. I need innovation yeah. strategy all yes. the time. I Listen, I'd love to get. I, I love that prediction, but I hope we don't get to the FA Cup final because I'm getting married the next day. You're getting so, married? The, next, oh, well, the day after the, day after the FA Cup yeah. Yeah. Obviously my wedding Yeah, no, We know no. who set that date then don't we <laughs> JD Did yeah, you not have a say in it No well it was I said as long no, as it's not <laughs> The 19th of the How dare you <laughs> JD Oddly enough I said uh, Yesterday I think I said someone Yeah I think 14th So I agree with Kevin on that But because I know what day you're getting married, surprisingly. Um, well, I, 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 said, married I, I predict we're going yeah. to lose in the yeah. semi-final because uh, I can't attend yeah. the semi-final. <laughs> How does it, what if, if you get married the day after the cup final, why can't you go to the cup final? Well, I just... I, mean, I can't enjoy the cup final, can I? Yeah, it's, it's tradition. Although the, Palace fans never enjoy cup finals anyway. The groom, like the two days before. Stag the day before. Anyway, prediction? The stag uh, the day before your wedding? No, the, the day before final, the cup yeah. final. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. sh- oh, we're supposed to be organising your stag. Oh, yeah, crikey. Yeah. Oh, we've, we've got your tickets to the cup final. <laughs> 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 I've forgotten about that. prediction 2018, Ed? Ninth. Ninth. There we go. Good. Studio audience? Predictions? Great. Not the House of Commons. Right. Right. That 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 wraps up our uh, end of year pod. Thank you very much, JD Senior. Thank you. Adam. 
Thank you very much. Oh, the, start, the start of the year you're getting married in. I know. <laughs> the day after the cup final. I know. We've got to grab at some point. JC? Who's your best I, man going to be? When you get married, would you say, I will? So. <laughs> 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 I will now, yeah. Ed? That's Thank you. Married, uh, married with an M. And, and, <laughs> and studio audience. And the hey, 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 Right. Thank, all right, all right, all right. Uh, thanks very much. <laughs> thanks very much for it's listening. Rapport with the audience is great. It's great. <laughs> we'll be back with you uh, after the Swansea game for an extra pod, and then full pod before the Brighton game. Um, have a merry, game. have a very happy New Swansea Year. Game. Southampton. What did I say? Southampton. You said Swansea. Sw- I meant Southampton. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it just remains to say, have a wonderful <laughs> New Year, all our listeners. Have a great 2018, and uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business dot com Sports Social Podcast Network